Hey, this is Derek D Train E2. Tonight's episode is brought to you by. What are you doing in here? Nothing. Did I hear you say manscape? Yeah. Son, take a seat. I was gonna wait till you were a little older to tell you about this. When I was about your age, I experimented with manscaping. Dad? That won't happen with the new Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. It's made with skin-safe technology to help reduce against nicks and cuts. You can even shave your gooch. What's a gooch? Head over to manscaped.com and get yourself the Lawnmower 3.0. Hello, welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. Another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. We got all the usual suspects sitting in the house with us tonight. We have Patrick O'Gillardy Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And the local nerd, our IT guy, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you mowing him? And the all-around sports guru, Derek D-Train. He too. What's up, D-Train? What's up, sweeto? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark the Doctor Morley. Oh, Doctor. And tonight, boys, we got Epi 102 tonight. We've got some special guests sitting with us tonight. We got Ken and Jordy from the Ultimate Sand Cave out in Victoria, BC. What's up, fellas? Hey, guys, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Hey, yeah, welcome to the Blue Line, up. man. You guys got a pretty thick cave out there, and uh, we're all pretty jealous. I mean, uh, yeah. to be able to sit and watch hockey games in that fan cave, I can't even imagine. I don't think I'd leave it. <laughs> it, it gets pretty exciting here. Could you it guys sleep in there? It on Saturday nights sometimes. Yeah, we, yeah, just have the atmosphere, we always tell people, if you're coming here, bring your own beer, find a safe ride home, but you got to be wearing a hockey jersey. You got to be wearing right. some type of tea. Just adds to the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Price of admission, hockey yeah, jersey. Yeah. And you know, you, you know, uh, Derek, he too, you, you put it perfectly. You would never leave here. I'm Ken's neighbor. Started this about five years. Came up and uh, started playing road hockey, and then he showed me the cave, and I haven't left in five years. So no. <laughs> I'm there, right there with you. You hit, you hit, yeah, the, jack, you hit all, the jackpot of neighbors, yeah. man. It's like uh, we can all relate to that. Well, the funny thing is, Jordy said, who, who the hell plays road hockey anymore? And I've been playing, still, I'm 62 now, and my son, Landon, who's 20, I was teaching him how to play hockey when he was two years old, and we've been playing ever since out in the street. Not as often anymore, but that's how we met, it's playing street hockey. Nice. Ken, did you play hockey? Yeah, I went as far as uh, junior A training camp with Regina Pats. I'm a goaltender from back in the day, and... Yeah, it's, it's a long story. I don't want to get into. You know, got, got <laughs> kind of situation. Left the team. It was it was a gong show. He knew he eventually had a fan cave to build, and that was a priority. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you know, there was no internet, no no cell phones back then. Didn't have the support <laughs> group. You know, <laughs> different world back in the seventies, man. Yeah, good time. So, go, so goalie, that explains the ultimate fan cave right there. To the extreme. Okay. Ultimate save the sticks. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, well, you know, I think I got concussed a few times, and that's from <laughs> I mean, you know, motorcycle accidents, car accidents, uh, swimming accidents. I bashed my head too many times, and and I think my creative uses came out that way. And I look at things, and I I go, why not do this? And it's just kind of funny how it all plays out. And this is how it all began. 
When did it start? When did you uh, start building the cave? Well, I started when my son Landon was five years old. Back then, the big boom box, I made a case for it and wheeled it into the dress room, and he sat on top. It was all cased in hockey sticks. And then I made a chair, and then I made a coffee table. And, and then things started moving along, then I started moving it inside the house, and my wife said, that's not happening. So I had to move it back down to the garage, all this furniture. And then I uh, built a playhouse for my daughter. I'm putting this into a really nutshell here. Built a playhouse for my daughter. Uh, 10 by 12 area and then she grew out of it and as soon as she grew out of it I threw all my hockey stuff I built inside there and so if you can imagine a 10 by 12 room 11 guys crammed in there watching a 21 inch TV on my hockey stick furniture my wife sticks her head in the door it just reeks of you know God knows what you gotta do something bigger build, build something bigger well, a friend of mine, Frank, happened to be here. I went to work the next day, and I come. My father-in-law calls me and goes, you don't want to come in the backyard. And I go, why? What's going on? He says, Frank's over here with the excavator. It's like a bomb hit it. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I come around the corner. There's a pile of dirt as high as our roof. And Frank says, yeah, we're doing the excavating for the foundation. I'm like, I guess it's on. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we just picked at it and picked at it. And over the years – you know, I don't want to pay full price for everything. So, you know, you know, I find somebody getting rid of some two by fours or two by sixes. And, and then friends started getting wind of what I was building. And they said, you need screws. I said, yeah, I need screws for the siding. Do you need primer paint? Yeah, for sure. And you need a window. So a guy gave me two beautiful pillow windows. So I kept a list of everybody that donated either their material or time pouring the concrete. And after, um, Three and a half, four years. Finally, we had the roof on. Jordy did a paint job behind the bar there, right? Nobody sees it. Nobody sees it. <laughs> but uh, I kept the list, and I put all their names on on a, one of our two foot tall replica Stanley cups. And I had a big party, supplied all the beer, all the food, and all the people that helped me build this cave are all on this cup. Oh, that's awesome! That's that's awesome! Amazing. That's a great that's idea. Awesome. Yeah, What's so, the process of uh, getting a cup made? Is it uh, you have to get that approved by the NHL, or are you allowed to just make those? Uh, it's a long it's story. A, it's a long story. Yeah, you, <laughs> I figured. All replica Stanley Cups. You ever seen them? No, no. not too many out there. Type in when you go to the internet. Type in two foot tall replica Stanley Cup. If you really dig deep, you go back in there. You'll see that idea came from me. Yeah. And I'm a construction worker and. And I tried to get this made, but you have to get licensed by the NHL. And I sure. took six years pounding, knocking on doors. I went, uh, I went out to a golf course and I held a, a wooden one like that. And Gretzky's putting out, and I yelled out to him, "Will you sign this for my son?" And he looks over and he goes, "Meet me at the press tent." So Wayne Gretzky signs this wooden one that we had made, wow. my father-in-law made for my son, and. Uh, the reporters jumped on us and said, what's this all about? And I said, well, me and my son play for the Stanley Cup every Saturday. <laughs> so anyway, I took a business course, a six-week crash business course, learning about how to get a product made. And finally, I found two guys. We forked out 30 grand, got a mold made without the NHL's permission, got her done. <laughs> Came up with that, what you just saw. And, uh, and now it's the largest to uh, the largest replica Stanley Cup you can get. So you can buy them well, online. I, and I had to go to yeah. New York. Uh, after six years at a 
did a PowerPoint presentation, just winged it. I'm a construction worker in a suit with a buddy of mine from Vancouver who was a business partner and Dean Smith out of UPI Marketing Inc. Uh, he, he was in bed with NHL. He knows all the ins and outs. And uh, uh, we got signed off in 2006 in the one goal hockey trade show in Toronto. And uh, well, nobody, history, nobody knows it? it's started here. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey. There you so, have it. Yeah, but there you have it. So I get a royalty check maybe twice a year, not much. For cool. Nothing. Doing nothing. Well, it was a lot of work. It was took eight years to get that uh, license by the NHL to be up in NHL headquarters and, and do a PowerPoint presentation to uh, Dave McCarthy and told him why every kid in, the, in our nation should have one because we all play for it when we were kids. We all play for the Stanley Cup. Sure. We just made, we just made it kid-friendly. So have you guys have seen the, the two-foot-tall uh, wood uh, Stanley Cup that's signed by over 110 NHL? 127. 127 NHLers, and Kenan and his son have met them all. That was the uh, first wood prototype that Ken's father-in-law made that led to it being licensed by the NHL. And now when you buy a two-foot-tall replica Stanley Cup, you can you know get plaques and stuff and put on it and get engraved. Yeah. And, you know you can do it for tournaments and all that, all that stuff. So it's yep. a it's a cool story that a lot of people don't know that um, yeah. that it started here with Ken and Ken's idea and then pun included that, stick handled it all the way up to NHL. And that's the beauty of all these autographs in the cave. The only uh, we've met every one of them. The only one we never got, met was uh, Corey Crawford, Stan Mikita. We met Ron Jeevers. These are not store-bought. So that entire cup with 127 signatures, uh, Gordy Howe, John Beliveau, Johnny Bauer, you know, Mike Vernon, we met them all. And we got That's pictures awesome. of food. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. That was one of the things coming up, uh, playing road hockey. And, and, you know, we had beers at the 12-foot bar. And just me pointing around at everything, when you first come in here, it is, you know, an attack on the visual sense that it, there's a lot going on. But I like that line. The, I know you do. The cool <laughs> part about it is everything in here has a story. There's very, very, very few things that are store-bought. Even the, the coach's corner that we're sitting in right now, he got it from a buddy who wanted to help and all this stuff. And, and, it cost uh, me 100 bucks for it, though. Cost a hundred bucks, but it, you know, it's this this cave is kind of built on everybody's love for hockey and the sweat equity and and all the stories. And it's you know my job with trying to showcase this to the world to let people know that this that it's built on that, but also it's not just Ken threw it on the black card and it was done in a weekend. Like they picked at the building for three years before like it was already about 95% done when I came up five years ago and they still had to put on the ceiling and they had the hundred plus creations made. So it wasn't something that was done in a weekend. It was a labor of love that was over four yeah. years before or three or four years before I even came up here. So, so we ran out of room to have it in the house, all this stuff. So, but bottom line is the reason why we did also build it is because, uh, well, obviously I love hockey, but, we live on an island, and to go watch my Chicago Blackhawks play in Vancouver, you know, I got free tickets from a yeah, yeah, I got free tickets from a buddy. Four free tickets. Let's go watch the Hawks play in Vancouver. Cost me $1,200 for free tickets because the ferry back and forth. You can't get back the same night. So accommodations, food, booze, parking. I mean, come on. So I thought, this is bullshit. So I said, let's bring, let's bring the game to us. So we got eight TVs in here. We got center ice package. And now every Saturday, Saturdays I love because before all the pandemic was, uh, we play street hockey from what one one till four in the backyard. Hockey night in Canada, four games, and it's just a uh, order pizza. 
people come and go. It's like, you don't have to stay for one till one some nights, but like, it's a, you know, we found that once people kind of come up here and then start hearing the stories and, you know, it's, it's a great way to spend, if you're a hockey fan, spend a hockey night in Canada day um, here at the cave, playing hockey, talking hockey, being surrounded by it. So it's, and we've got to meet some amazing people and it's amazing people. And it takes, we met you guys. Yeah. It's taken us to places. (laughs) And you guys guys got to come up here when this is all. I just, I was just about to ask you if there's any houses for sale nearby. <laughs> they are, but they're crazy. They're crazy prices. It's, it's Victoria. It's Victoria. It's, it's pretty. I think nutty. the medium price now is a million. Yeah. Yeah. The real yeah. estate went up once you built the fan cave in that neighborhood. I heard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we not many people know the address because when we were building this back in the day, mm. I'm working out of town trying to make money to finance this thing, and my wife calls me and some. Somebody broke in here and ripped me off 40 hockey jerseys and uh, I'm old home master in the seventies. That's what I really try. We're to still find. on the hunt for that. I'm not yeah. kidding. He looks probably once a week on once a day. Yeah. Craigslist or something <laughs> to try to try to find it because um, yeah, they, you know, obviously that's a huge thing to kind of be, uh, yeah. you know, violation of your privacy. But then when you have something that is like, like those jerseys aren't just like, Jerseys, those are stuff that they met the people that we've talked about. You can't put prices on those things. No, and and my son's first jersey, we actually found that, though, in a pawn shop, and I couldn't believe we found it, you know, with his name on it. So it it really really ticked me off. So now we got cameras everywhere, and we we don't put our address on social media, but the way Jordy puts us on social media, he's so good at it that he pick and chooses, and and, and then we – Throw out his address, so everybody thinks it's over there. But yeah, what did that one guy do two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago we had our we had our first. We've had a couple of people who have come that we we've yeah. heard that have gone to the tours destination board thing downtown and asking where as a as a tourist destination where the ultimate hockey fan cave is. And then those people like let us know, but like they don't know our address. It's not public and stuff. What's Netflix? So the guy watched the Netflix series because we were we were featured on Netflix's original series, Amazing Interiors, episode four, and you know, I don't want to get into de- detail how they can do it because anyone listening, but he ended up kind of figuring out which house it was and knocked on Ken's door at like seven o'clock. Wearing a Blackhawks jersey. Wearing a Blackhawks jersey. <laughs> and I went, hey, well, you're a friend of mine. <laughs> Come on in. Let's have a beer. Canadian hospitality. Yeah. Now I find out he's a, a big chef at a big high-end restaurant, so now it's all coming. Hey, 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 now. hey now. <laughs> You but guys are like the. Uh, what do you guys do, right? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like the uh, West Coast of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like I, I know Jordy said something uh, earlier that uh, tourists come to uh, Victoria. Um, you know, people w- would want to come there. Like if I came there, I would definitely want to stop by the Ultimate Fan Cave. So uh, yeah. I, I'm sure you get that a lot. And, uh, yeah, we do. And, and we got hockey sticks for everybody to try shooting at targets here. Yeah, yeah it's it's and and we so do crazy. and. and we, we still to to this day. I mean, obviously with the pandemic, it changed a bit. But in summertime, because we have Victoria has like over 300 cruise ships, uh, people who have seen the special will find us, send an email, or DM us on social. And we're known on our social platforms for being so open and transparent that you know people are like, I'm, I want to come to the cave. It's like, okay, great. We have a few rules, and you know we yeah. talk with them a bit. I, we do a little bit of homework on people, and you know we don't want to we don't want to host a bunch of young kids because there's a lot of memorabilia. Never did sure. that one. Yeah, never you learned a lesson. Ever, <laughs> ever <laughs> again. So never. They don't bring beer. 14, 15, <laughs> it's not, it's uh, not happening. 
So we uh, lost my we, mind that day. We still <laughs> do. Anybody out there, send us send us an email or a DM when you get to Victoria or when you know your dates that you are going to be in Victoria. Send a, send me the details and we do our best. I'll he, run up. He's and the booker, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's. You know, I just sit here. Hello. Yeah, come in. We uh, hang out, but we've got to meet such amazing people and yeah. everybody. You know, we're doing pretty good for the type of people that are interested in coming here. I've been nothing but quality, big hockey fans. They love what we are doing as individuals, the cave, our spirit for hockey. So we like to be around those like-minded people, which is why when you guys talked about having talking hockey in the cave, we knew that we are in the right company here. So thank you guys for having us. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you guys, though. I mean, you've met so many, you know, hockey players over the years right and we've we've interviewed now so many there's like one common denominator and like ken and jordy when i look at you guys and ken when i ken specifically when i watch the youtube video about like you know you trying to become the uh the chief hockey officer for budweiser i just got like you reminded me of my father-in-law actually like just you know you had that same kind of energy and you just a love of the game. And I think, would you guys agree that every hockey person you meet, true hockey person, true hockey player, they're all like the most down to earth, like good people, man. Like, I, I think that's what unites all of us as hockey people is just kind of like the down to earth nature. And like, even though like there's certain guys that are stars in the league, even those guys that we've talked to seem like I'm talking to you and Jordy. I mean, that's that's like kind of the common denominator that we've seen. Essentially, you're saying we're like NHL players. Oh, well, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. All famous. Yeah. yeah. Um, you yeah, know, hockey people have a different heart. That's for sure. Ken said that for a long time. And I, you know, I was that brand new minnow in, in the pond. No, Come, there's coming up coming <laughs> with a lot of shit. Winging this. Well, <laughs> like you can't, Ken and Lennon. Reading. Yeah. Ken and Lennon. <laughs> That's why you keep around, Ken. Yeah, that's why you made the big bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ken and Leonard, I met these over 100 NHLers before I even came up here and met him. So he was very, like you said, you get, get your, he was kind of used to talking to these people, and I was just oh, starstruck. Yeah. He was starstruck. I was starstruck. Over Dave Babbage. Dave Babbage, worst one, and it, like we were talking about before this, the 94 Canucks and all that stuff. So, um, but, you know, we've been really fortunate, and going to your point, we've been really fortunate over the connections we've made and getting – we were at the NH, uh, the NHL Awards in a gifting suite. We got to get our hockey stick sunglasses on, you know, Sagan, uh, Pedersen, all these amazing stars and, yeah. and people that are just like – at times I'm like, my God, I can't believe I'm in the same room as these people. Messier. Yeah. And Messier. And then – Partying with Messier in a nightclub. That was fun. Yeah. And Brett Burns. They say good with Brett Burns. Brett Burns. But you are right. All of them, I have not one single bad experience with it, whether it was asking them to take a photo or do like a fun thing with social or like I was lucky enough, one of my favorite memories of 2019 was in this gifting suite. I got to have my haircut next to Ben Bishop yeah. and we're both goalies. Uh, and I got to talk goaltending gear, talk to him, and he's just like the nicest guy. Like I kind of felt like he didn't play in the NHL. And I think they all do yeah. such a job of resonating with uh, us, the regular and that's folks. That's a good segue to that's that. That's a great side. Because we live on the island. The only celebrity we had here was Dave Abbott. Mm-hmm. We can't get anybody to come here. Yeah. If they're in Vancouver, they do not come and catch the ferry. It's, so you guys, where you guys live. Accessible. It, yeah. It's, See, we're, yeah we're, it's, nobody bothers. It's tough. It's, it's a, that extra effort to get yeah. here. It's a ferry or a flight or a harbor, sure. harbor flight or um, a float plane. Sometimes. 
and which is time and money. So obviously NHLers when, you know, Jamie and Jordy Banner from Victoria, but they come home for like four days. And then obviously that is just jam packed with family and other things. So like we understand we have it. It's 17 tough. people that have coached uh, Jamie Ben though. Everybody in Victoria. Everybody you guys coach them at all? I'm just you know. <laughs> <laughs> So how how did the blade chain start? What's up? How'd you guys get those going? Because those are one of his is crazy concussion again. Yeah, crazy ideas. You know, we when we first came up yeah. I sat there and I said to him, like, nobody, you've got to put this online. Like, I remember seeing. Well, the first one, though. Remember? I said I was hesitant to tell you about yeah, the he Yeah, he didn't tell yeah. me about any of his products or ideas and stuff. He's actually had prototype for, like, two years in because of stuff that had happened before. So, you know, I built up his trust and he shared some of his ideas and prototypes. Yeah. And I, when I first said to him, you got to put this stuff, this stuff online because I knew there would be something of like people would enjoy this. Or, you know, I remember hearing that like people are getting paid six figures to watch people eat on YouTube. And I'm like, yeah. that's happening. How come this isn't doing so, something? So we're sitting at the bar there. And I said to Jordy, I said, well, what about this? Yeah. And he goes, huh. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was one of those rules. Huh. And I was like, yeah, this has been milling around in my head for years. And it came from a straw from a 7-Eleven when Landon was five. And I put it on the straw, which is shaped like a stick, onto the sunglasses. And I said, well, what about this? Because mm -hmm. nobody's done it, I don't think. And then here we are. <laughs> yep. So then we jumped through all the right hoops, yep. found people that were able to support us in the like business front because we're – you know, even with Ken's experience with the cup, this now is a different age and all those type of things that allow us to be able to, um, you know, digitally share social growth, all that stuff. So we were lucky enough to try to find vet a few people that would be able to work work with us and kind of mentor us. And we struck we struck gold with them because they've been kind of, you know, helping us through this whole process. And we're, we're nothing but grateful for those type of people. So Ken and I have always done, you know, if, if you've watched any of our stuff, like we're big on paying it forward and we have... You know, if companies send us stuff, we put away a little case or we have a little like gift basket for when people come and, you know, their kids are big hockey fans. They can pick something from it. So we're just big on paying it forward because, you know, it's pretty crazy when at times I'll look at Canada and be like, Gee, like we were in St. Louis at these, meeting these NHLers and like three, four years ago, we didn't even know each other. And now we were in this suite with them to, as a regular hockey fan, that, that blows my mind uh, that, you know, due to, Ken's creations, my skill, and, and the internet, uh, what can really be achieved? So we just want to make sure we don't take that for granted and pay as much of it forward as we can and try to support other people who are on that grind. I got sent a photo of uh, David Ayers, the Zamboni driver. Oh. For the last podcast. <laughs> because the guys found out I own a Zamboni. So once <laughs> you know what we're doing with that thing, eh? Oh, the Zamboni? Yeah, you know? What's that? Yeah. So this it. I bought a Zamboni. I got everything else. I got a giant score clock from the arena. The only thing I'm missing was a Zamboni, and this guy at the arena lost his mind. He goes, types on the computer, there's one for sale. It was like three-hour drive from here, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. So I phoned the guy, and he was get, taking down the old uh, rink, and he says, make me an offer. So it's a 1986 full-out Zamboni. And I said, I'll offer you 500 bucks. He goes, oh, I can't take that. And I said, well, you know, it's going to a good home, and I, I really milked them a bit. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you 700 bucks. I'll tell my wife I paid 500. And he bit. <laughs> and a flat tire, need a little bit of engine work, and a broken leaf spring. So now I got to get it 
hauled down from up island. So I'm checking around Victoria, $1,200 to get this thing down. I can't rent anything to, because the thing weighs a ton. So <laughs> well, finally I go to this new company in town. They were called Sunbelt. I said, hey, guys, you guys are a new company. You know what? Why don't we advertise the hell out of your company? Well, we're going to go get a Zamboni, put a banner on it, drive it three hours. We're going to pull into Tim Hortons, and we'll just, Jordy will throw it on the internet, and they bit. 365 bucks. Got a ship down. Wow. Pulled it inside the driveway. We had a big uh, parade and repainted it. And, uh, and we're putting in a mattress and lights inside and Chromecasted TV. We're turning it into an Air Z and Z. Americans and Canadians are sleeping it. Nice. <laughs> we took off the augers because we didn't need it too heavy. And we drove it down up and down the road without drinking beer. We had the beer off the side <laughs> of the road. Driving up and down in front of our house on Canada Day. It's wow, that's awesome. I hit my head against the wall, maybe get some ideas from concussions or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm hitting them all if you, guys, if you guys, if two of you come, two can sleep in the Zamboni and two can sleep on our hide-a-bed uh, couch that we're making. I'll sleep in that rocking uh, hockey net you got outside. That looks yeah. good. It is comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, it is comfortable. Yeah, we, uh, that's a... Uh, if anybody's listening out there, we actually have a, on our YouTube channel have a somewhat of a DIY if you guys want to make the love seat, which is a flipped upside down hockey net. I thought it was called DUI. <laughs> yes, we did something and Ken's like, let me tell you about the DUI. DUI this or I'm like, Ken, you, you got it wrong. You can't tell people. But um, if you guys are going to think about doing it, do not use a road hockey net. It will bend after a certain amount of time. Use an ice hockey yeah. net. That's these, the biggest thing. These arenas throw this stuff out because of a of a weld or something. I'll just fix yeah. the weld. Repaint it, redo it, done. These nets are eight hundred dollars, and they're tossing them. Yeah. So I have a, uh, I've got two other ones. I'm going to do another one, and then I got this really unique one that has no metal bar. So we're going to do something really crazy with that. Yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. So Ken, I, I know you're kind of older than Jordy, but is that your real hair? Thanks for pointing huh? that out. <laughs> is, that your, is that your real hair? That's my real hair. Hold on. What are we going with this? Where are we going with this? What a hair Because I thought I was, when we first started traveling, the people at the airport, the guys at the airport, oh, it's nice you're traveling with your son. And I got pissed off. I'm like, are you kidding me? And so finally, I just embrace it now. Like, my fuck, whatever. It's not worth the battle trying to explain to him. It's just it's like, not. I'm like, Ken, like, I know. They, you know, it's just, it's, it is what it is. We're just both good looking. I realize now that when we go to all these places, I don't know how old you guys are, but when we're, we go to these Vegas shows and, and all this thump, thump, pyrotechnic crap music that you can't hear you. <laughs> uh, and I tried to keep up with you guys in St. Louis. It was a freaking nightmare. And I felt like shit the next day. And I realized <laughs> my job is to be in the lounge with EJ Heratic or, or Messier. Messier, just hang there and, and have my cognac and shoot the breeze with that's other crap. Yeah. That's it. So <laughs> what <was> the question? <laughs> I'd, be I'd be right with you, Ken. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Nice. Concussion yeah. blackouts, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I am older. <laughs> so, so, Jordy, can, is your camera able to give us a little tour? Is that possible, or do you got to fix? Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of can here. Um, you want me to do the Vanna White here? Uh, kind of, yeah. I'm going to turn the laptop around. Oh, there we go. Oh, look at that. Can you see that? I mean, that's top notch. Look at that. Look at the Lord.
Yeah, so w- when we look out, that's kind of what Jordan we're seeing. Never puts things away. I've got no, I don't. That's my fault. <laughs> and we got, uh, I don't know if you can see up there, that's a 55-inch TV. The frame itself, I think, is like 75 inches, all framed in hockey sticks. Um, and like like I said, everything. I don't know if you can see that old, uh, the NHL. Uh, I don't know. Well, actually, let me. We haven't shown this to anybody because it's still a work in progress. Yeah, this is an addition, guys, so don't. Yeah, this don't. is. This is kind of secret sauce here. Don't no, leak it. Rod hockey tabletop hockey game, seven feet long. Okay. And they only made three thousand of these in the world, and the company went belly up in two thousand six. And I tracked one down in Toronto, and I had to made my father-in-law rebuilt it all. And uh, yeah, so yeah. and but but when they say rebuilt it, like the guts was kind of there, they rebuilt that, but it did not come with the lights or the gondola, and the gondola drops a puck. The players, the decal, as stupid as it sounds, all those logos are paid sponsorships for our tabletop hockey league that we'd throw on social. Jim. And then we yeah, got – you, you might have seen Jim in the Budweiser thing with his arm up and singing national anthem. Sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So this is kind of what, – what is this, like a games room lounge that Ken's yeah, doing? Yeah, this with could be the, the new hawk's nest, and we're doing the whole floor in wooden hockey sticks. So that's all wood we're sticks. All, and I need about 30 more wooden hockey sticks, guys. So wow. We can yeah, so this is kind of – this is what Ken's been kind of working on, right? Nice. Cool. Oh, <laughs> remote control. So it's got Bluetooth with sound, headlights. You can drive it like a half a mile ahead of you, and I drive it down to the liquor store, and it's way ahead of me. <laughs> drive it up. It's fun. Yeah. Have you ever you ridden it to the liquor store? What's that? Have you ever ridden it to the liquor store? The engine's not strong enough. We've tried. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then this is kind of this is the couch that Ken was talking about. We need a couple more sets. As you can see, those are old uh, vintage leather pads from like the 70s. So it's, uh, it's a leather couch. Oh, nice. Damn. Yeah. I'll sleep there. Mm-hmm. idea. That's awesome. Back in the past. And there's the uh, – I'll pull back there, the arena scoreboard. Little, it's all a little backwards, little obviously. cushions. And then uh, and there's our coach's corner where we kind of do all the stuff that we're doing, like the podcast and, sure. and everything. But yeah, and then up there is kind of our blade shade fulfillment, kind of hawk's nest area, and oh, and the floor outside. Probably not with the internet; it'll cut out. So, but yeah, it's a little bit of the quick tour that uh, you know, that of the cave. Yeah, you, on Saturdays, have you guys ever thought about like having lots? So, you know, when you guys are watching games there on Saturdays, people can jump on and check out what you guys are doing. Yeah, we do, yeah we've done a live streams. To, literally the day Instagram started doing live streams and, and uh, really crazy story. We ended up doing them quite often and, and we really do pride ourselves on anybody who joins up and asks a question. As long as it's positive, we respond. So sure. we've some crazy relationships over the years that when we were in uh, Boston uh, for a gala event, we got invited to a, a charity hockey charity fundraiser gala event. This one of the followers, his name's Polly Whiteskates and his family, they would actually be such big fans that they, they would pause their, dinner their family dinner or their outing <laughs> join up for a live stream and yeah. all four of them would join up sitting on their couches and on their own devices and ask questions and they're a big hockey family so when we were in, in there in rhode island so when we were in boston i messaged him a couple weeks I'm like how far is rhode island from there and and he's like oh it's 45 minutes outside of boston so long story short after the event we booked our flights a couple days later we went and met them and stayed at their house and drank and party and then we did a live stream 
from wow. their house with them. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. We're really big, like I said, about like engaging with anybody who wants to. Um, Ken and I are, and we got some big kind of content plans coming up, but we're big on the grassroots. We feel like the NHLers obviously get their time and, you know, but there, there's so many people like you guys, you guys are talking to all these, these professional hockey players and, and everything, but you guys are the grassroots diehard hockey fans. Like, we, there needs to be some sort of exposure for all totally. that grassroots stuff. And uh, there's be a television show there. We could go there rather than listen to the, you know, to having yeah. a search. We got some stuff planned for that, but we're big fans of supporting the grassroots and people who have, you know, supported us since, you know, hundred followers or something like that. Well, one of, one of the craziest things um, when Jordy put us online uh, and uh, the Chicago Tribune sent a, called and said, uh, can we send a reporter out to your place? Because I can't believe you're a Chicago Blackhawks fan in NMB territory. And we can't even get the local newspaper here. So they sent a reporter all the way out from Chicago. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So we interviewed <laughs> Seven days later, we're in a two-full-page spread of the Chicago Tribune. It's like being in New York. Well, some man reads this article about the hockey fan cave in Victoria, and he – he sends a message through Jordy and says, uh, "Let me, let me. Yeah. This is the best thing. <laughs> All the email said to me was a Chicago Tribune article cave or whatever. And then he puts, I can't believe this man's been a fan of the Blackhawks for 50 years and has never seen a game. And then the last line was, I'm, I'm going to change that. Yeah. And that's all it was. And then, and, then, and then he, so he messaged us. He says, I own the uh, largest box seat in the United Center. I helped build the United Center. I want you and your family to come. Watch yeah. the Blackhawks beat the Canucks. All the food, all the booze was on me. I'm like, holy shit. So I'm like, Chicago. <laughs> so I get online. I'm typing in, okay, family of four to Chicago, exchange rate, stay five days. And this is not This literally happening. turned out to be <laughs> this is not happening. Five, free, six grand, right? Free tickets. Get out of here. So, so, so he, uh, I, I said, to, I, the following Sunday, I explained to Landon and I said, sometimes you got to wait for yourself. Just the way the world is, you know, and you'll appreciate it more down the road. You just can't afford it. So I, on the following Sunday, I I woke up on a Sunday morning. I had a coffee and I, I decided to text this man. I said, this is the hardest email I've ever had to send in my life. I want to thank you for your generosity to know those people like you in the world. And I went on saying, you know, how kind and how generous you are, but there's no way we can afford this. And this is why we built the cave. So if you're ever in Victoria, you come watch the Hawks in my place. Two days later, he calls. He says, checks in the mail. That's the way he's talking about. He says, I'm flying you out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, crying, right? I'm like, what? I said, no. This, he says, no. And uh, blew us out. We all, all we had to do was pay for accommodations. and uh, Treated like royalty. Like that's Bought us a, a steak dinner at Gibson Steakhouse. And uh, his extra box, games, extra just, games, box seats behind yeah. practice. Everything. Yeah. It was. It was. To this day, we're friends. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it was one of those trips that, when uh, due to scheduling with my own trip and stuff, I couldn't go. So, like, obviously, Ken and his family went. Yeah. But when I got to hear about this trip and knowing what he was going to go do and have a couple games and so forth. Oh yeah. They came back and told me of a trip that a dream trip that you could not have planned, and you know that was really rewarding uh, for me because I had two things that I told Ken when we started showing this online. And I've completed one of them. That was to get him to Chicago to watch a game. So that is done. Second, well, not the second one, but I was really happy that uh, a year later 
with the blade shades, we were fortunate enough to get back to Chicago and I got to experience being yeah. in Chicago and, and Kane got it vicariously through me. So that was awesome. And then the second one, which I'm still working hard at, is getting the Stanley Cup here. That is the second one. And then, you know what, I'll probably end up moving well, this, after that. This, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, with Alex, the guy who flew me out to Chicago, we're sitting at Gibson Steakhouse. We're supposed to go to the game on Wednesday. It's Sunday. We're having dinner. And he looks at his wife, April, and my wife, and says, ladies, go for drinks. Landon, Ken, let's go. I said, what are you talking about? I said, we're going to your first game now. We hop into this black SUV. We drive to the United Center. And I'm, I'm like, what are we doing? He says, let's go. And now we're walking. I'm not, you imagine, I've been a Hawks fan for 50 years. I'm 60 years old at the time. And I'm walking towards that door. And he says to me, and welcome home. And I yeah. cried. I'm crying. I get He's doing it now. Yeah. Like I know what's coming. Like, oh my God! And the, the Chicago cops were hugging me, and it was like that was a moment I'll never forget. Let's zoom in so I'm you guys get the tears. <laughs> zoom in. Come on, zoom in. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you guys it sounds like you guys saw the uh, Budweiser application for the chief hockey officer, I think I featured a bit of that in there. Alex had the footage of when you know Ken broke down, and you know it's 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 just once again. That generosity, we're, we're trying to do our best for what we can to, to pay that forward. I mean, he literally made a, a fan who for 50 years dream come true. And it's just kind of, and it, for me, it's always, it's like two idiots, two neighbors talking hockey in, in a fan cave here. And it's, it's just, it's, it's really rewarding. And like Ken said in the email to know that there's people out there that, you know, are willing to try to help those type of people. And, you know, our, my goal is for, and for Ken and I to stay, to be at that level where we can do that, but then also repay it to make someone's yeah. uh, dream come true. You know, like I think even in that hot chief hockey officer application, Ken talked about, I want to pay it forward. I want to bring people who never, you know, got to their Canucks games or Hawks games or whatever it may be, because he was fortunate enough for someone to do something nice for him. So we're really big into that. I, I think it, if, Listen, if you, I, I would if I could just touch on that. I mean, you're talking sure. to four guys here that grew up playing high school hockey together. We between I'm not sure how many state championships we won between us, maybe seven or something like that in high school. And so oh. the bond between us started, you know, through hockey at a young age. And this whole show kind of started as like exactly what you guys are talking about. Like we had no expectations. We were four guys that wanted to like get together. We live in different places now, drink a couple of beers, talk about hockey, ask how your families are doing. And here we sit, you know, talking to a couple of guys out on an Island out in the middle of the Pacific in uh, <laughs> British Columbia. You know what I mean? So it sounds like we're in isolation here. Don't say it that way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hockey, hockey takes you everywhere though, man. It's amazing where hockey takes you, you know, and, and the bonds that it creates and the connections that you get. And, uh, I yes. think it's just it's, it's amazing. I'm sitting here kind of pinching myself. I'm watching you the other day, Ken and Jordy, and like watching that video. And I'm like, I love these freaking guys, man. I would love to sit at your bar and drink some beers. I love the helmets that you had for your uh, your lights yes. over the bar there, man. I that thought that was one time laying in, I woke up in one went, you know, you know, football helmets, they always make chip bowls out of football yeah. helmets. I thought, yeah. oh, you could do that with hockey. I was like, nice, it's got to be something else. I went, wait a minute. And that came to me and just like, Oh shit, Suzanne! Right? Like, yeah. I'm I'm probably the only. Oh, go ahead. There's, What's that? There's Jordan Greenway right there. Hey, guys! Jordan, Ultimate Fan Cave guys. You got the playoff beer going. <laughs> wow, that's you awesome. know the late change, right? Yeah, yeah, late change. <laughs> Send me a couple of pairs. 
These ones are. We got it. We these will. ones are. Uh, they're goalerized. Yeah, we got goalies. goalies. Not, not polarized or goalerized. All right. We got some polarized. <laughs> Jordan. They said they got some polarized ones for you there. Yeah. There's all the guys. Oh man. See, like even now, it's like yeah. I still get the butterflies with NHL players even after meeting some. So. <laughs> so how close do you all you guys live to get like? From town to town, how far away from? Well, I'm up in uh, I'm in upstate New York near Ottawa, like you know near the Ottawa uh, Canadian border there. Okay. Uh, Robbie, Robbie and Uncle Artie there. They're in Raleigh, North Carolina, and then the doctor down there. He's in. Yeah, but it's he's like, in like how long would that? Like a two-hour uh, drive. How long would drive? So probably like four. If I drove from New York to Raleigh, it'd be like 14 hours, probably 13, 12, 13 hours. Yeah. Uh, if I drove down to see my brother-in-law, the doctor down there, he's he's. Uh, I'd probably be like a 22-hour trip, probably. Sunny Ooh. Florida, only 100 every fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys oh, so here, you just touched on the same type of premise as this, and like, lot, I have lots of questions for you guys, but like, yeah. out of all your interviews, what's your sign? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, so you guys are, we're your 102nd episode. Out of the 100, how did we miss the 100, 100 plus? How did we miss the 100? What is your most notable for each of you, your most memorable? I feel like because Ken and I have different perceptions on when we meet people. I'm, like, I'm a huge fan of them, and he's not, or vice versa. I feel like with four buddies playing together, position-wise, whatever it was, you guys must each have your own moment or person or episode that really stands out for you. I would love to hear what each of yours are. Or that one girl. No, just yeah. kidding. <laughs> we got all night. Too many girls. <laughs> Don't remember the name, but this girl. Yeah. <laughs> I think Theo Fleury was the best one for me. Just because, I, you know, I was a small hockey player growing up and uh, I kind of thought I was a digger. I dug in the corners and, uh, you know, really battled for the puck and gave it to uh, the, the goal scorers. So, Having Theo Fleury on was a, a really uh, awesome moment for me um, just because yeah. he's a small player and uh, what he accomplished, you know, because no one told him, he, you know, he was never going to make it to the NHL. And uh, some of the stories he had of, uh, um, you know, back in the days of uh, smoking cigarettes in the locker rooms and uh, yeah. the guys <laughs> drinking beers uh, until the, now in today's game, these guys are uh, hardcore working out, eating Eating healthy yeah. and things like that, and uh, could you could you imagine like Mick David pulling up a dart in between the first and second? <laughs> just like we were told, that's what we did back in the day, smoking cigarettes in between periods, and don't drink water, you get a cramp. So you just <laughs> put it out. Yeah. The hell was that about? Right? Eat an orange. Yeah, eat yeah. an orange. Yeah, suck on an orange. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember the oranges. Yeah. Danny's yeah, mom got the oranges. You gotta have them. Yeah, <laughs> I see oranges. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I, I was really um, interested in the the Eddie Belfour. I think that was a great interview that we did with him and his son. It was kind of the connection in the interview. We talked to him about winning the Stanley Cup and how much that meant to him. And also, his son was on the show too, and like how much him winning the cup meant to his son. And like the whole wow. moment, and he, you know, they went through the whole story of what happened, where they were, and all that kind Does of stuff. Play hockey? Was, Obviously, his, that? Son, his, his son, son played hockey. Yeah, no, I don't think he ever did anything in a professional realm, but he was a goalie too. Never in yeah. the NHL. Yeah, so that was a, that was a pretty cool interview. Just it was like. A
family interview and uh, just the story of him waiting to win that cup and you know his son I think he said it was one in the morning jumping off the couch screaming and the, you know one of the guys called him and it's like we just won the fucking cup and yeah. see that yeah. that's the that's the type of story why I like asking these questions because you know like and why I'm so glad there's podcasts like you guys to get that nitty gritty is because like as fans I'm like we all see what the players react when they get the cup but like, what is their family doing like what is the like I don't know. I'm just a big fan of that behind the scenes nitty gritty stuff. And it, it, to be able to hear what Belfort Sun was doing when he won is it kind of gives you that shiver, like kind what, of. Was, was yeah, a was. Walk? Well, he wasn't scouted by anybody, was he? Belfort was a walk on, wasn't he? Pretty much. I think so, actually. I think you're right. Yeah, he was. He, we he talked wasn't about scouted, that. but um, one, of the, one of the stories Eddie told us was watching Dane play. And the first time I asked Dane, I said, do you ever hit anybody as a goalie? And uh, he, Eddie was telling us how one time Dane got hit. And as a, as a father in the stands, he said he went nuts, you know, watching <laughs> his son go out to play the puck. And yeah, yeah. the guy leveled him. And, uh, you know, that, that part of the, you know, just like Jody said, you know, those are the, the stories that I find interesting as well the behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, yeah. this guy, a Hall of Famer, talking about watching his son play and how he went nuts. Uh, he was in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was a loose cannon anyway. You saw the way uh, he, he was, tipped over the net. And, he was yeah, fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. Well, one thing <laughs> before Derek cuts in, we had Andy Mogan, the goalie for the Boston Bruins, and a funny yeah, story yeah. he had, it was uh, – um, after they won the cup uh, uh, in Edmonton, he uh, um, the the same, they were at a bar partying, and the Stanley Cup was at the end of the bar, and everyone's it's sitting there by itself, you know, no one's even paying attention to it. Everyone's you know um, congregating and talking and partying. So him and his wife just went over, grabbed the Stanley Cup, and walked out of the bar. And um, you know, no one even you know a couple of days later, everyone's looking for it, calling all the players. Hey, do you have the Stanley Cup? And uh, Andy Moe took it to his kids' uh, um, school and dropped it off and said, "Here you go. You guys can have the cup for the day." So uh, that was pretty funny. Yeah, they called him. Hey, uh, do you know where the cup is? Yeah, it's at my son's school. Well, we're gonna need that back. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a cool story uh, happened in my life back in 2005. Um, well, in 2001, I was at a, a Quiznos, like a coffee shop. I'm having a coffee, and I started shooting the breeze with this man. He, he was 75, and uh, we started shooting the breeze about hockey, and he told me he won the Stanley Cup, and i just sure you did. And we got <laughs> deep in the conversation, and I realized he actually won the Stanley Cup. So a week later, I went back out to the Quiznos. It's a half an hour from where I live here, and he brought his – uh, Memorial Cup ring, Calder Cup ring, and Stanley Cup ring from 1948-49, right? With the Leafs. With the Leafs. So, so fast forward five years in 2005 when the strike was on. Remember that? Okay, they had yeah. no, they had no team to present the cup to. So on a Saturday morning, I woke up here. I read our local paper, and the cup was going up to Howie Meeker's place up in Parksville, which is a three-hour drive from here. And uh, I said to my wife, "Remember that guy I met?" out in Quiznos, and I went in the bathroom and I found his phone number. So I, I phoned the Hockey Hall of Fame and I said, I talked to Phil Pritchard. I got a hold of him, ironically. And I said, I, I see what you guys are doing. You're taking the cup around to the old boys who've never had their day with it because they didn't start doing that to 96, I believe, or something like that, 97. And so 
I said, I know a guy that uh, he hasn't had his time with it. And I see you're bringing the cup to Howie Meeker's place. And we live an hour away, I said, even though it's three hours away. And uh, I sent him all the information. They emailed me back and says, it's fans like you. We cannot track down all these old players. We don't know where they are. So probably awesome. give you the cup the next day. I looked at my wife and said, I just got the fucking Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I drive up to this guy's apartment and I buzz the door and we, uh, me and my young son, Landon's five at the time. And we walk up and he opens up the door. He walks towards me in a walker. I said, Harry, do you remember meeting me four years ago having a coffee? And he didn't. And he invited me and Landon in for tea with his wife. And I said, what are you doing July 25th of this year? And he looked at his wife. He says, I think we got a family reunion in Winnipeg. I said, I think you might have to cancel it. So I told him, <laughs> we just got you the Stanley Cup. What? I explained it to him. It took me an hour or so. And his wife says, our apartment's too small. And I said, I'd be honored. To it. And she goes, would you can? Could you? I said, fuck. So we yeah. kept it a secret, yeah. it a, secret yeah. a month and a half. I just told my wife, my kids kept a secret, my in-laws, all my friends at work on construction sites, anybody relating anything with hockey, I said, whatever you're doing on July 25th of this year, I don't care if your wife's giving birth, when I call you, you get your <laughs> ass over here. Why? Who's coming? I said, I can't tell you, but somebody really important. And they're thinking, it's Gretzky, it's Scotty Bowman, it's somebody. I said, I'm not going to tell you. Just be ready. <laughs> July 25th, it's a Monday. I'm going to be calling you around 1 o'clock. So anyway, uh, Mike Bolt pulls up in our driveway in a red SU uh, Ford Explorer that he rented. I had the whole backyard. The cave wasn't here yet. Whole backyard decked out with hockey paraphernalia, a cake that said when Harry met Stanley, all his stats. <laughs> we catered it. So here's the coolest thing of that whole day. You, you can watch it on YouTube. This. It's also part of our submission. I think I did a little yeah. uh, snippet of the story yeah. in the Budweiser chief hockey officer on YouTube. So Harry pulls up in front of our house. We meet him. And uh, unbeknownst to me, as his son from Winnipeg, this 50-year-old man at the time, uh, doesn't know what's going on. He just thought his dad's meeting an old hockey buddy. And he comes around the corner. We crank on Hockey Night and Canada theme song. He's walking towards me in his walker. And I said, Harry, there's your old friend waiting to see you again. And there's the fucking Stanley Cup. His wow. son is right behind him. He looks over the Stanley Cup, looks back at me dead in the eye, looks back at the Stanley Cup, looks back at me and breaks down and cries. It's just, yeah. man, it's just the most incredible day of your fucking life. So anyway, we kept this. We had, we had the cup for 45 minutes, just, just to <laughs> 10, 11 people. And I said, okay, here, I'm going to start. I'm going to get the uh, news reporters here, the television stations. He says, okay, I'll leave. I said, no, 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 this is your day. <laughs> so he stayed. And I phoned up the radio station, uh, television stations, newspapers. I said, you guys can believe this or not, but we have the Stanley Cup at this address right now. Be here or don't be here. And next thing you know, everybody's here. I start getting on the phone with friends. Get over here now. Who is it? I said, just embellish me. Just show up. If you don't, watch it on TV. And then uh, and one other thing I'll take away from that day, there's an 18-year-old kid that taught my son how to play de uh, defense. And I looked at this young kid. He was 18, named Cam Smith. And I said, Cam, this is hour five with the Stanley Cup. And we're standing like two feet from it. I said, invite anybody you want. And he looks at me. He goes, what? I said, it's not that busy. Anybody you want, you call him right now. So he flips open his phone at the time, and he goes, I'm going to call my teammate. And he starts dialing. He hangs up. And he goes, I'm going to call my girlfriend. He starts dialing, hangs up. Looks <laughs> at me dead in the eye, and he goes, I'm going to call my dad. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. I'm just, <laughs> I get, <laughs> I've heard this story <laughs> 10,000 times. I've edited Smart this. Smart kid. Story. Smart so kid. If you watch the video, and you'll see me with darker hair. I was younger. 
Uh, <laughs> go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. Write this down. I don't see. Write it down. Okay, write, yeah. this, write this down. Stanley Cup comes to Victoria. Yeah. And when you hit, see the picture of an old guy with a white Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, that's hit it. that. There's two new segments on that. Yeah. That's awesome, Ken, man. That's, that's, that's awesome, Ken. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Well, once so again, the whole pay it forward, paying right? it forward, you know, like sure. Ken, like obviously Ken loves the Stanley Cup and everything, but I'm a stalker of it. He, I've he, been with it <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah. that's the, but <laughs> it, it, the beauty of it is when we're in St. Louis, five and a half hour lineup at the All Star um, Game this year. Yeah, you can't get near it. So I, I phoned uh, Phil Pritchard, Mike Bold. Hey, hey. We're, we're here. So we just breeze past. Jordy's never been with the cup. He got all emotional. Yeah. So we blow past a five-hour lineup. So I can get through the cup anytime I want. Eh? Yeah, that was one of my favorite. <laughs> one of my favorite. Uh, you got to come with me, guys. One we got to go. have some connection here. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you guys, once again, we open invite whenever you guys can, obviously, with the state of the world. But, like, whenever that does, you guys want to make a trip out. Like, we'll help you coordinate to where to stay and do all those things. Like, yeah. we, we, we want to have as many – diehard hockey fans as much as like we would love to have nhlers here we also know that at, at times it, it, we didn't build this place for nhlers we built it for us, everybody us who's on the car on the call right now or on the yeah. podcast is us yeah. who really take in that this was you know we got a five and a half you know foot tall long giant goal pad we got a full yeah. set you know I would wow, like that takes effort and stuff. Whereas you know NHLers, they probably feel like oh, you could just buy this stuff. But for oh, all of us, yeah. we all know the grind and we all know that love of it. So, so I feel like this is the cave is for every hockey fan. And and uh, you know, once again, if you guys ever get do out, do you guys have your hockey zones in your houses or? We're working on it. Every single person in this room right now has just recently moved to a new home. So it's like. Oh, uh, wow. What so you I'm in the process, so there's nothing on the walls here. Yeah, everything is being worked on. So, like, behind <laughs> me, you see, like, I've been in this house for, like, three and a half weeks, and so we're starting to build out here at my place. Same with so all these get guys. The, get the broken sticks and use them for floor. They're durable as hell. They're great. They're great. Right. But yeah. you, you, honestly, unbelievable. we've dropped countless beer cans. Don't use the glass. <laughs> the beer and polish is coming up nice and shiny. But our tagline is, and this is us, this word, this is our tagline. Uh, Jordy told me this, and he hates me saying it, but I've heard it ninety-five thousand. Ninety-five thousand. What a great line, though. It's good. It's perfect. The first time, always. Anyway, <laughs> um, that Jordy found an article that if you throw a composite stick into the landfill, that uh, you go there a hundred years from now, it's still there. Just right? the just the branding and graphics. Yeah, it will not the, deteriorate. The, yeah. And I'm not an environmentalist. Let's just put that out there right now. I hope I didn't say that. You can edit this. <laughs> I drive a Hummer, so let's just edit that. But I, we're keeping the sticks out of the landfill. We're giving them a new life, refurbish it. We're giving planet Earth an assist. Nice. Isn't that cool? It, it is good, but I'll like it. See your guys' opinion after ninety thousand times, uh, and it, it, you know, and that's and once again the we get asked one of the most frequent questions we get asked is like where'd you get the sticks or how do you get sticks? I'm having a hard time. I'm building a you know a table for my my kid who plays and oh it's just and then Ken Ken wheeling and dealing Ken did such a good job with it of when Landon his son was playing 
you know, he made relationships with these, you know, going to the same ranks as you guys played through high school. So think of all the ranks you went to, you know, your parents are there or whatever, you know, every time you, they showed up, you know, the, the people who run the rink have a pile ready of sticks because give me something to do in the parking lot, take the tape off the end, the knobs, right? While you wait in the, you know, shower and getting ready, all yeah. that stuff. And, um, and so, you know, build, if anyone's listening, you want to get more broken hockey sticks. This is what we tell our audiences. Go talk to them. Tell them what you're doing because most of these places, you're actually doing them a favor. They've got to go take okay. it out to the dumpster. They're going to go in the landfill. Most of these, these Donuts people. Help too. Yeah, take – every time <laughs> you go, take coffee, take a case of beer because essentially now I can tell you there's a bunch of rinks and people and stores oh, and all that stuff. Oh, that when a stick oh, breaks, yeah. they think of Ken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's that's yeah. what you want to get to if you want to do these hockey stick creations is you want to have some stick fix companies are big ones. Oh, and what we just found out uh, a few weeks ago, you know that Lexan that they have at arenas, you know, the half-inch Lexan glass? And yeah. they get marked up, scratched up. They can't use it. So I found a gold mine. Uh, I can't say where, but uh, I talked to the guy, and they're saying, "Yeah, we're just going to throw it out." And I said, well, "I'll take." Has it. something to do with the integrity and like policy of safety. Yeah. So, like after a certain amount of pucks to it and scratches, it actually goes past the like the legislation yeah. or policy that it's not safe. But then they're handcuffed because they have these like very usable in in like a general sense uh, sheets of plexi. That, that, that they can't get rid of four by four sheets. I went and uh, priced it out today to get a brand new one. It's 261 bucks, right? For one. So I got 18 of these, right? <laughs> Took an orbital sander, got landed to sand on both sides, comes up smoked. Now we got privacy barriers. You can use it for fences. You got to see it's actually pretty and, crazy. And now I'm making a deck and it's looking like ice. Yeah. Ah, wow. like. Those are the type of little content yeah. creations. Get DIY, your plexi. DIY tips, not DUI tips, Ken. Um, <laughs> we don't that, need uh, DUI tips here. Yeah, there's a good way to go Where viral. It's over here, Ken. I'll turn it off. Oh. Um, and uh, the, uh, you know, we want to, we want to, I want to, I get all these tips. But I, can't, I can't build anything physical. Like, I do not have that thumb button. I can edit, code a website, like I'm a digital. Like this is why mine and Ken's relationship from the beginning is great because we're both that creative thought process of like he builds something. Can you see this, guys? Let's this see. is smoked. That's smoked glass. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Orbital Sanders, that's a privacy yeah. barrier now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. 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 We're getting rid of the stand. Hockey on Canada table, too. Yeah, th th we haven't shown any of that. I'll send. I'll send. Uh, I'll send you guys. A you guys can check them out. But yeah, we, yeah. We're going back to our, our, the relationship is can't we both are creative people, but he does it on the physical stuff. I do it on the digital. So that's why this works so well. Is he sure. will build something like the stuff outside or whatever, and I'll come in and be like, "What if you did it this way, this way?" And we're kind of bounce it off each other. Like that's a great idea. But then he does the same thing digitally. Like I have all of our success on our live stream has to come from this guy because. He was the one I wanted to do it. Like, we'll set up a plan. We'll do it once a week. We'll do all this stuff. And he's like, let's just go live every time we can. I have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> and when I found that, yeah. Well, we found that one that one site, eh? Oh, yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Free well, let's, we got, uh, we, you know, Robbie Peters up there is our IT guy, but. 
we haven't gotten that great relationship like you because he just bitches about all the shit he does all the time. So <laughs> <laughs> it's I hard when you do it all. <laughs> what, what kind of beer are you guys drinking out there in uh, Victoria? Anything that's free. Only because yeah, well, that story. Well, I mean, yeah, Molson came a calling. Well, we had Molson. One of our first people that reached out to us to wow. come when we started showcasing it was Molson, and they flew out two photographers and like content creator people to capture it. And they had the you know Ken's floor and a hockey stick table, and had a can, and it said like Canadian recycling. And it's like Molson Canadian, you know, like that type of what they're doing. And they, they plan to show up for one day for four hours. They can't, for, and they were here for a weekend. They're actually going to go up island here and tour the rest of the city. As soon as they got here and realized the gold mine, they canceled content. all of it. And they stayed here for the whole two days and just did content because they're like, this is, this so is we, unreal. So we got free beer and a, a couple. Hockey, yeah, couple it, was, it was, it was great yeah. for, for us. Yeah. I mean, then once again, like we're not when you start off at, at the base level, those like as just like regular folks, those are the exciting times where I'm like, hey, we've got Molson Canadian coming out. I'm like, once again, we're two idiots talking hockey online in a fan cave and Molson Canadian is flying people out. And then it's yeah. slowly got bigger and bigger to where I couldn't believe that Netflix reached out saying we want to send a production crew to film. Uh, your place for a, an original series. And so, they sent three people that knew nothing about, about hockey. hockey. <laughs> Didn't know who the Toronto Maple Leafs were. I had to explain what the Stanley Cup yeah. was. The Stanley Cup came from fucking London, England, for Christ's sake. They did a And they're all talking like Mary Poppins, right? With that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they did a great job, and they shot what they needed to. They told a great story, and it was it was really, you know, it really does tell the essence of the cave. Uh, and that's what my concern was. And, you know, uh, you know, Joy Ken, is so kind. Well, Ken has it, you know, he told the story about when he got to tears, my, you know, my equivalent was when I watched us on Netflix after four years of grinding it out, watching on Netflix. And he, now I'm starting to get teary. Damn it. Zoom in. And with him doing that, uh, me and my wife were in Seattle airport and we had a fan. But, uh, you know, as as a content creator creation, that is, that is the equivalent of getting to the NHL network and stuff is having that. Am I on? Yeah. Yeah, That's must've been awesome too. The NHL network. It was was really, it was really nice to have them reach out and everybody wanting to hear more about it. And, you know, for the right reasons, not just for their own get attention, but, everybody gets really inspired or jazzed or what are energized about what we're doing here because it is so grassroots. And it's also a lot of people could do this, maybe not to the extent that Ken did, but you know, save your broken sticks, you know, well, from your kid, yeah. make a, make a nightstand table, make a little stool. You don't have to make a 1700 hockey stick floor, but when yeah. people <laughs> see it, they look at it and they get their own ideas. And, you know, Ken talks about how like the amount of sticks have kind of, you know, for him have gone down because we've been sharing all these ideas and now everyone's saving their sticks. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's for the right cause that, you know, you guys, you, if you got kids out there and playing hockey or you had your first hockey sticks, you know, you, if you, wanted to do it, you could uh, build a creation out of your hockey sticks for your kids. So they have a nightstand or a table or a footstool. And that that's what we like sure. to hopefully inspire people to do. Yeah. We all hey, got me, lots of kids, lots of kids yeah. here. Yeah. Let me ask you this, guys. Uh, you know, we all watched Hockey Night in Canada growing up, being on the border. I mean, back in those days, you know, we're around 40 years old here. Um, we didn't have, you know, 100 channels on cable. It was like Hockey Night in Canada was on. 
you know, maybe three other channels at my house. Yeah, rabbit ears, twisting them with fucking tinfoil. So, what do you think about Hockey Night in Canada now without old uh, Don Cherry? I mean, how's that been up in Canada? I like it. Everything's gone sideways since Don got fired. You saw that on there, Facebook. There's right? been a meme or something yeah. since Don Cherry got fired. Everything's gone sideways. The whole world's gone, fucked up. 20, yeah, we're 20, all exploded. But, well, that's when it started. We were going to do a T-shirt. A buddy of mine was going to do a T-shirt with as on the front it would say you people but as you walk by on the back it would say are my kind of people i like it i like it huh? Huh? you get it because uh, I, I remember i was uh i was coming out of a movie theater fucking 30 years ago i still remember this guy's t-shirt i thought i came walking and he's got a t-shirt that said go down with an arrow pointing at his crotch i went what fucking moron is that as he walked by on the back it said to australia and I thought, that's brilliant. Good marketing. <laughs> when he said, a few people on the back are my kind of people. That would be perfect, eh? Yeah, I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. I think it's great. It's one of those things that, like, hockey, GM, let's do it. <laughs> hockey Night in Canada is such a – even in the States, you know, like part of the, like you said, on the border, it's such a iconic thing. And Don Cherry, Ron McLean was part of that. You know, I, I had issues yeah. with it because it felt like they were out to get Don Cherry yeah, and they're waiting yeah. for the next mistake, maybe to get out of a contract and stuff. So, you know, the way it was all handled and, you know, what he said probably wasn't – it wasn't done. Any of it was done well. Um, it would have been probably better, I think, for CBC to probably reach some sort of agreement of a payout, kind of like what they do with players if they want to get rid of them. But he said this but, all the time, though. But, then, you know, that's that's what I mean is there was stuff that he had said in the past that, you know, was worse and so forth. But I felt like they were just waiting for that, it, you know, uh, grab an inch, take a yard type thing. Like he gave them an inch, they took a yard. And, you know, I, I think sure. it's going to be hard to replace – replace that dynamic you know i've been telling people for years that ken and i should be the next hockey night in canada host but you know we kind of we, we got our own coach's corner like so we got our own tv yeah, yeah. on that side of the world what when don cherry got yeah what, what, what what's your guys let's throw that back on you guys what did what did you guys think with that we put a video out well, I, um, the, the day he got fired we put a video out and basically said the same thing i i, I almost commented word for word. I felt like they were just waiting for the next word to come out of his mouth. It wasn't in the shadows. Yeah. But where is he yeah. now? You know? Bunch of bullshit. I, I felt like I don't know what his contract was, but I feel like he's probably making you know hundred thousands of dollars, whatever, and it was waiting for that. Like you like like you said, like in the shadows for it. I'm like, there there it could have been handled so much better. In a way that maybe you don't, maybe you take coach's corner away from him, but still let him do his on ice thing. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, like kind of how they pun intended. Everybody gets too it. fucking offended nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. Um, so I, I'm going to ask you guys as Canadians, you know, we're, we're Americans. So the way I interpreted it was, you know, I, what I think was he used to raise a lot of money by selling poppies. And yep. um, and I, I think he had seen that people weren't buying poppies, so he wasn't able to donate uh, like he used to in the past. And I, I felt like he was just saying, you know, donate by buying a poppy and, you know, a dollar or whatever goes to, you know, the troops. So what the fuck are you being offended for by that anyway? Yeah, I know. I didn't, I didn't quite understand it. Um, yeah, I think, I think you know, yeah. the – 
there's that what's it called the cancel culture what's going on is like every like we talk about like we just said cbc waiting in the shadows i feel like there you know there's something to be said that i feel like part of society especially on the internet a lot of people are waiting in the shadows for they're waiting for Ken and I to screw up so that they can take down the ultimate hockey. You know, like everybody that, is screwed up. Everybody's culture. got something in their closet that they don't so, wish they didn't say. My God, nobody's a saint. So that's that's yeah. where I that's where I think is like it's just more of like everybody, not just CBC or whoever you want to put the blame on, is just nowadays they're just waiting in the shadows for someone to screw up, slip up, because then it's easy as keyboard warriors or what do you want to call them. Yeah. to then bring the attention to it and then they had there's no repercussion for them just the person that they want to do it obviously on the other side of the coin there's extreme offensive really bad stuff that need to be called to attention but i think there's it's hard because with there's no there's no middle class of that it's now like extreme or nothing and 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 that sure. that's really hard because there's a lot of in these circumstances there's like you know discretion or understanding and, and context and like we don't under, all five six of us don't understand what's going behind the scenes at CBC yeah. or with Don Cherry. So you it's you hard look to get the coaches. Babcock, it was well. I got I'm offended because you 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 got mad at me in the dressing room. Like my God, the, back in our day, Christ, <laughs> you get hit over yeah. the head stick and brutal. Listen, man, we grew up playing hockey. Same thing. I mean, like. We played a bad period of hockey, and you know the the entire row of, of backup hockey sticks was coming flying across, rattling oh, yeah. off your rattling off your <laughs> yeah. pumpkin head. So I mean, it was uh, we we came from the same school, man. But uh, I, I think I, I'm yeah. telling you right now, like my bucket list now includes a trip to the ultimate fan cave. I mean, I does. I mean, I, I, you guys like, I kind of feel like kindred yeah. spirits to me, honestly. And I, I hope to, I hope to someday uh, drink a, drink a can of Molson Canadian or wherever the hell you got free up there. And I'll, I'll drink all of it if you want me to, but <laughs> I can tell you, it will be more than one. When Rob sent over the email to yeah. me about calling the podcast is like, we drink a few beers. We curse like sailors. I look yeah. at Ken and I'm like, we're home. Yeah. <laughs> I could get ready. Yeah. I got to pick and choose my battles. Up. Man. Listen, so if we bad. come up there, though, you better have that fridge packed. Let me tell you. Oh, hold it, You bring the beer. This is the way it works here, buddy. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> like, so we'll bring he wasn't listening. He wasn't listening. Cool. Again. It'll be cheaper for you guys there in the States with the exchange, and it just won't be as great as And if you can bring the wives, bring the wives, because we call it a fan cave, so we'll be allowed in Yeah, here. we do. We do it all. That was one of the things when we first started off. I said, Ken, I'm Didn't like... Didn't want to offend anybody. Oh, no. It was more of... Good <laughs> people. <laughs> I said to Ken, I'm like, I'm only going to start showcasing this. We switch it from man cave to fan cave. There's lots of female, amazing hockey players and fans, all that stuff. And like, even you don't want to like just automatically count half, half your audience because it's a man cave. It's, this is a fan cave. And like we have, and this is everything. Gender neutral cave. Every, everything, <laughs> everything in here is about the sport of hockey. So it's not just NHL. It's everything. Yeah, that's we, right. We have, we have UK Elite League jerseys. We got sent from one of the teams. Women's hockey, youth hockey, it doesn't matter. It's not just an NHL. And there is a game. Hawaiian hockey team, you know. You know, there's a Hawaii hockey team. Uh, they, Aloha. On Oahu, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. So for us, nice. it's, it's really been our been our thing that everybody's welcome here, that it's a completely inclusive place. Hence why we invite people that come off a cruise ship that we don't even know yeah. to come in. It's, you know, once again, come with 
you know, bring the guy a six pack or something, but you know, treat stuff with respect, have a good time, get home safe. And uh, you know, that's kind of the principle we've been doing and it's going well. We've got to meet some amazing people. So we'll, we'll continue to do that until, you know, some bad apples start to spoil it for the rest of the people. No, you people. Sure. Hey, listen, yeah. boys, uh, we really appreciate you coming on the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight. It's been fun talking to you guys, getting a little view of the, the ultimate fan cave out there in Victoria. And um, for all the listeners out there, check out the Ultimate Fan Cave on their YouTube channel and, and all their social media bullshit that they got going on over there. Uh, it's a lot of bullshit. <laughs> it's a lot of bullshit that Jordy's got going on. So check out the BS. Good stuff. Hey, fellas, <laughs> we really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Thank check out guys. Blade Shades. If you don't have your Blade Shades, pick them up. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you so your time. Much. Yeah, yeah pleasure meeting yeah. you guys, man. Nice pleasure meeting you guys. guys video on our YouTube channel as well if you want to see our ugly mugs and uh, check out all our uh, social media platforms as well. All right, boys, it's been a nice one with the Blue Liners and until next time, keep your stick on the ice. Hey, yeah. Sweeto, let's go. Oh, doctor. Meow. Keep your head up.